I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you from the first United Bank studio. Wagon train is on our TV. It's 3.02. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> little queen there. Red Raiders. Right. Big 12 champs, baby. How about that? Love it. That was awesome last night. You uh, you now have quite the history of uh, of clinching Big 12 championships in, <laughs> in Ames, Iowa. I thought about that too. Like that was uh, that was the uh, scene of the hoops net cut net cutting. Here why we don't were they uh, Why don't they cut down the the nets of the of the goal? In <laughs> yeah, soccer? Just carry it around. That opportunity right there. Drag two hundred pounds of net around. Yeah. I like it. you probably could have cut it into. A bunch of little pieces sure. or maybe a little corner of it or something. Why the, stop there? Get the saw and get parts of the post. Get the same you know? ladder sponsor as on the, you know, the NCAA tournament. You just, I mean, the opportunity's <laughs> right there. Surely there is a Chuck Hines somewhere <laughs> in the NCAA apparatus that uh, that could get that done. Well, and, it, and you could do it like at conference tournaments. That would be the place to do it because okay. you know a champion's going to sure. be crowned on, you know, whatever afternoon. Uh yeah, took care of business in Ames last night. Won that one one to nothing. Scored a goal with what about five six minutes left in the first half, and that was it. And it was their usual just clamp down D. And uh, you and I were kind of watching that game and texting back and forth. And I mean, they were in control, just controlling possession and kind of toying with them. And then about the last thirty seconds, I think we crapped our pants. You and I did because yeah, they got like the sure. best two or three shots all night. Right there in the last 30 seconds. I about had a heart attack. And I'm just screaming at the computer screen. Just kick it out of bounds. Yeah. Just like just kill like some get, time. Get it, yeah, just get it over with. Get it over with. And, and it ended. You know, of course, their their goalie had, you know, she had pushed all the way up. Was Iowa, Iowa State had the ball and pinballing it around there in the last 30 seconds. And it gets kind of booted out. And their goalie launches the last shot. You might have seen that on the news or on social they're, and and it was right under the bar. I mean, it was it was a decent play. It's fairly routine as as they're, you know, if if you were me or a goal, it's a it's a problem. But, oh sure, yeah. You know, she she catches it and takes the ground. And then later on, they show the replay. I'm like, that was their goalie mm-hmm. that kicked that from kind of you know deep deep center field, whatever you want to call that, and and got it under the bar. Like put the shot on the on the net. But before I forget. Tech just tweeted this. The uh, Big 12 champion soccer team will be at the airport at 530. If you want to go out there and greet them. It's today? The, yep. It's the. Uh, it looks like they were, they must have flown commercial because they'll be going through the know. baggage claim side over there. God. Man, that's you know, a long day. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a very happy long day. I'm yeah, sure they're not can. like miserable, but man. Because yep. that game ended around, what, 7, Yeah, I'm sure o'clock. they spent the night and got up this morning and took off back here. And I don't know. You know, I can remember Coach Hayes and those guys talking about driving to Chicago, you know, to do that. And so you I did it at nine. Okay, yeah. there you go. And so anyway, five thirty park, short term parking, long term parking, and uh, 
just just regular like if you were going to pick somebody at the airport but they'll be down there at baggage claim if you want to go if you want to let me go i'll run out there and represent tech sure yeah go do it uh undefeated conference record uh for the red raiders it's the uh, the most points scored by a big 12 champion since i think a&m in like 07 that right now part of it is you're playing um 10 conference games which is um, you, you haven't done since I think A and M and Nebraska and all those teams are still here, mm. uh, but still, yeah, um, pretty impressive and undefeated overall season. Fourteen wins, zero losses, four draws. Undefeated yep. at home, ten victories. I mean, just impressive all the way around. Yep, hit, hit, certainly uh, best uh, regular season in program history and. Uh, be their second title, the first regular season title, I believe in 2015, they won the Big 12 tournament. And, uh, you know, that, that team photo will get – Tom Stone talked about it yesterday in the buildup to the game um, last night, saying, you know, if they want their picture on the wall, this is this is what's in front of them. And, and you and I had talked about it. If they win, it was theirs outright, as opposed to maybe tie-in and then, you, you know, if BYU wins. And BYU did win. Um and, and BYU scored, I think, two goals in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And so, as we were sitting there, like, there was no drama. Like, hey, ladies, we need we need to take care of this game at Iowa State or you're going to be sharing this title or something. And uh, and they did. But, yeah, the uh, of course, they'll go into the tournament, Big 12 tournament as a one seed. They get a bye. First game a week from to yesterday, excuse me. Um, I think I heard to the winner of Baylor and Cincinnati. Which Sounds are, about right. I think that's right. And the be two teams they beat one at Waco and then beat Cincinnati here and uh they will uh and then Tom Stone said coach Stone said in the in the preview last night he said uh, he he said you know with an opportunity to play games at home like he put the s on the end mm-hmm. and which is something I don't think you and I were I, at least I wasn't comfortable about how how much the hosting. I felt really good about them hosting one game, but didn't know how, you know, what it was going to take to put an S on the end of it. But maybe they can get that first, I guess, opening weekend or whatever, first two games at home. That would be delightful. That'd probably be on end. I think we looked last year. That was around mid-November, November fifteenth, or something like that. So, um, got got got. There's some soccer to be played ahead of that. But boy, that'll be fun. Yeah, that game next week uh, will start at two o'clock, so it'll be. Oh, there you go. We'll, we'll be watching that uh, a week from uh, from yesterday here in the studio. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments today on the EH Flooring Center chat line. You can access that at double t ninety seven three dot com or through the double t ninety seven three mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. We have this in the channel at eight. I'm sorry that your team got dump trucked to win this season. <laughs> they did. They got just yeah, smoked. Back to back games, really. Yep. Um, you know, we joked about the what 2019 World Series where the Astros and Nationals, neither team won a home game, and uh, you know played out that way in this series. They got whooped. they did, yeah, whooped. <laughs> they did, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it, and you know I, I heard some of the national baseball people talking about last night the the fact that in 2019 there was this World Series in which nobody won a home game and. You know, I'll never see that again. <laughs> Here we go. And Astros just terrible at home. Yeah. This entire season. Yeah. I think they ended up, what, 40 and 46, 40 and 40, 47. Yeah. After last night. Yeah. yeah. And uh, really amazing. And it's improbable. Um, but, uh, you know, big, big time credit to the Rangers. Sure. And, and uh, 
you know what what Adolis Garcia is doing is is uh, historic and and really good stuff in baseball because the LDSs weren't that great and here we've got two LCSs that are going to Game Seven. Yeah, Game Philly. Seven yeah. tonight yes, here sir. on Double T ninety seven three Phillies and D backs. More tech talk next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining today till 6.30. We'll have Game 7 of the NLCS tonight coming up. Uh, it's the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Uh, high School Fan Zone on at 7.00. On 100.7, the score. Uh, MC says this, the product right now put forth by Major League Baseball is a winning product. I've enjoyed this season. Might be luck, but general fan interest and engagement with Major League Baseball feels like it's on the uptick for the first time in a long time. You are correct about that. And I have numbers. I have numbers. Um Somewhere in this book of knowledge. Let's take your time. If uh, <laughs> if Clint was on his game, he would have the Google ah, no, music yeah, rolling, but he's not. He's just... Right. Here we go. <laughs> Too late now, dude. You just found it. Um, signs of renewed growth could be found across the game. There was a 9.6% lift in attendance to the league's best mark since 2017. That's a big number. It is. As well as a six-year reduction. This is another important number for them. As well as a six-year reduction in the median age of MLB ticket buyers compared to 2019. Um, And I think the the 2019 thing is to try to get back before COVID in 2017. Long, yeah, stadium deals. uh, Let's see. A record 12.7 billion streaming minutes on MLB.tv beat last year by 9%. And the league hit a record total of more than 6 billion social video social video views. And I think, you know, that it may be a little early to assign a ton of value to social media things because the raw numbers year to year are probably all going up mm-hmm. because more and more people are getting on. But but still, it's a pretty nice jump. Uh, I don't know if we heard much about this, but Ron Rob Manfred got a four-year contract extension, and uh, and I think that's in response to what I'm about to tell you. There was a 24-minute reduction in the average game time to two hours and 40 minutes, the league's lowest since 1985, a 36-year high in stolen bases, um, and finally. Uh, this is just uh, this it's sort of ancillary, but I'll, I'll read it. Next major push for the league will involve an unprecedented expansion of its international presence. Branded under the moniker MLB World Tour, 2024 schedule involves MLB's first ever regular season games in South Korea, additional trips to England and Mexico, and it plans spring training games in the Dominican Republic. You know, so, it's, it's really interesting that, uh, that baseball, long saddled with this reputation of kind of being this stodgy, stuck-in-the-mud, stuck-in-the-old-ways game, um, you, you know, reluctant to innovate, et cetera, has, has done this and has fully embraced, hey, we're going to shorten the games 
Um, we're going to try to make the game more exciting by banning the shift, by enlarging the bases, etc. And, you know, all of this increased interest in a product where there are 162 <laughs> regular season games, yep. right? Which is a lot, you know, and it's it's tough because in, you know, the NFL or in college football, it's really easy to see how important every game is because, you know, the difference between sure. 10 and 7 and 9 and 8 is significant in, in the NFL and the difference between 10 and 2 and 9 and 3 in, the, in college football. But with baseball, there are so many games and yet still increased, um, you know, interest. 24 fewer minutes per game. Six-year uh, reduction in the average age of, of ticket buyers. And you know what? The NBA, right, which has this reputation, deserved or not, of being forward-thinking and embracing new ideas and all this other stuff, they should take a page out of the MLB's book because they have the same issue, right? They play 82 games or yeah. whatever it is, and thanks to load management, which surprisingly, and I'm being sarcastic here, uh, you know, the NBA leadership is kind of backing off on and saying suddenly, actually, no, load management doesn't work. It's pointless. Um, because the, the message they've been sending for years is, hey, the regular season doesn't matter. Right. And it matters so little that we're going to rest our stars on back-to-backs. And so it's it's a hurting their regular season product, whereas with baseball, again, same number of games, 162. They haven't changed that. And yet it's more interesting. It's more compelling. It's, it's more um, entertaining. It's less of a time commitment. I... Uh... That that's really an interesting take. I, I didn't even I, I didn't even put it into the the context of the load management. As soon as you said it, I was you know I realized exactly what you're saying. That's a, a it's a great point, and uh, it really is. You know, the, NHL and NBA are very different, but the 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 case study that's interesting about the two is that their seasons almost perfectly overlay, maybe with a couple weeks difference. Um, and they play almost an identical number of regular season games, and so, and and the hockey thing for as physical and hard as those dudes play and hammer each other and all, like they haven't really gotten into the load management thing. Which you know, like now they have their share of dudes missing a week here, a week there. But if there was ever a case for Sidney Crosby, just picking his name out of a hat, but I'm I'm talking about a an older star of the game to go. Hey, I'm gonna take a day off here in October because I'm way more important to this team in April. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody would would complain about it, but for whatever reason, there's uh, that sort of responsibility that they that they take on, and and you know, and and these sports have different cultures and all, and the you know ca- Canadian culture and a lot of European culture is probably way stronger uh, to, to you know to their sport or as strong certainly as the u.s even though all these games are mostly played by and won by usa teams usa based teams even though half the rosters from canada um but uh, yeah i, I it, you you brought up the baseball thing i was happy to get to read that because i've had it marked and in here for a couple weeks but it's it's really the it, it feels like to me that the most uh uh, you know the most relieving part of this year's baseball, certainly this playoff, 
product has has been compelling and most certainly over the last couple weeks but um just in in very general terms that two hour and 40 minutes is nice because you might have a three hour game in there these days but it may be offset by a 215 and you know the, the two games i saw in person rangers games this summer were enjoyable and you know there was just more going on you know and there's going to be full counts and there's going to be foul balls and you know some pitching changes and stuff but they took a lot of that kind of mess out in a way that it the, the things picked up the pace it'll be interesting for me as as a college baseball guy to see if the players college players sort of sort of follow along because college just has that 20 second pitch clock for a while they don't have the three hitter minimums and some of those things but it's uh it'll be interesting to see how that plays this in the channel and love it or hate it uh youth travel baseball has really blown up over the last five to seven years if you've never been to a weekend travel tournament there are a ton of avid baseball families has to contribute to some effect yeah i would think so Uh, i mean i would think that participation in the game can't hurt uh, Although if I, you know, driving my kid oof, five hours yeah. for a tournament all weekend, then driving back, I think the last thing that I would want to do is watch baseball. When <laughs> yeah, I got no, home. I got you. I, 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 it, it's uh, totally understand. I think the, uh, I, I, I think that some of those, the, the research that's been done over the years, and this has probably been updated and improved since I last read about it. But I mean, like academic research talked about with, with all of our sports selections, early memories like you know somebody that took you to a rangers game or you went to an astros game when you were a little kid me going to a st louis cardinals game when i was 11 those type things affect your taste for this stuff for life um yeah more tech talk next podcast put together with red raider fans in mind this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction hey there how you going it's tech talk on double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com with gus and clint i'm aaron we're joining you today until 6 30 we'll have game seven of the nlcs coming up tonight that coverage starts at 6 30 uh phillies and d-backs winner will advance to the fall classic where they will play the texas rangers uh for the world title um speaking of titles red raider soccer winning yesterday in ames clinching the program's first ever regular season big 12 championship um they hoisted the trophy they wore t-shirts and I'm, i'm curious about the logistics of that um, the trophy logistics. Well, the, the tro- every campus has a trophy locked away somewhere. Just for this. <laughs> for these kinds of scenarios. So the trophy that they, you know, joyously hoisted up in the air and uh, and jumped around uh, typically spends its time locked in some <laughs> closet on the campus of Iowa State. And it's undated. Yeah, it's yeah, urgent. It's just, it's just yeah. a, it's a substitute trophy. It's something you can the, take pictures with. The T-shirts, though, like... Did where do those come from? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, there's like a little who more brought specific those? There, yeah. Was that something that the Big Twelve office sent up there? Um, like how like how does that part? Because you because presumably, um, you know, the, the, there might be T-shirts that have, that were sent to Provo just in case. Yeah, you know, 
And you would think, because you would also think that a coach wouldn't allow one of those things to be within 50 sure. miles of yeah. the program. They're, like, not, they're not on the plane. Hey, run over to hey, Red Raider Outfit. Extra, uh, yeah, piece get, of luggage you got there, uh, yeah. It's a GA or box what? full of championship jerseys. And yeah. then something some happens that you don't win that thing. It'd be a... That'd be the jinx of the century. I mean, you know, and that's I understand that. And so you would think that it's the the what you're saying that the conference office would get involved and just go, hey, we we've got shirts on because you can't you can't wait till the yeah you can't wait till the end of the game you can't because the those shirts were right yeah. there. Yeah, and they were generic shirts too. They didn't have a tech logo as far as I could tell. Just Big Twelve. They were just Big Twelve. Soccer champions. Yeah, so. you're probably right. They probably did send a batch of those to BYU just for photos and revelry. Uh, we get this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, yeah, I imagine travel ball in West Texas is brutal. In Central Texas, we don't even have to drive more than an hour. Regular Little League down here has been relegated. Kind of sad, actually. Yeah, I agree. I, I uh, on the on the second part of that, and yeah, there there is a lot of driving, and I I didn't have to do that a ton we did a little bit of that with soccer but it was it was sort of nipping at the heels as we were passing through um but the uh yeah i i because i think it's a i think it's a mistake and and again i'm not i haven't been in these decisions since about 2007 so been a while but uh because i always thought the 2007 group and and that that was the little league world series deal from here, um, and and my son was in that age group, but wasn't on that team. But I thought they benefited so much by being young. And this, I'll say this as a baseball guy, and that did you know, and I I only coached a few of them at a little point later on. But I thought they all benefited so much by playing against each other, and and the uh, I think the you know there's a propensity, and and part of this is just parents finding the parents they like, and kids finding the kids they like, and you sort of. You you sort of get in that tribe, and and go do these tournaments and stuff. But they benefited so much by if you go over there and watch those Western Little Leagues and games in 05, 06, 07, you'd see one or two of them on every team. And and for Texas Tech fans who don't know what I'm talking about, we can talk about Stephen Smith. You know, remember him being a good player here. He was among this group. Then there were several others that were really good players. But I'm just thinking of a Tech fan if you're listening to this. But you know, you get two of them on one team and one of them pitching and a couple of them on another team and they're playing against each other. I thought they benefited so much by that. And then they would come together at the end of the year and play on all-star teams and stuff and go around mashing people. But I thought they got so much better by their day-to-day existence being playing against each other. And, and little kid rivalries, I don't mean nasty stuff, but just little kid rivalries where you're sitting in class with them that day and you know, at Podunk Elementary or whatever, and then that night you're you're you and I are pitching against each other. They benefited by so much. I just don't get the point. I mean, you're you're. It's expensive, yes. right? And and you know, time I guess that's relative to everybody, but it's not cheap. Um, it takes up a lot of time, and I don't know how a kid benefits from having all of their free time for a sizable chunk of the year revolve around one sport. Whether yeah. this is baseball or girl soccer or volleyball or cheer or whatever. It's, I'm, I'm not picking on baseball here. Yeah. It's just like, let them be a kid, Hoops man. Does that, you sure. know, 
Sure. Yeah, basketball, volleyball, do that. Because it just, it just seems like, and I'm sure that there are very well-meaning parents that are in it for the right reasons and aren't, you know, overbearing and, you know, not living their, their you know, sports lives vicariously through their children. This is not even yeah. a broad brush. But it just seems like, man, it, it attracts some, like, interesting people. Yeah, and, and I think the, the – then again, my my experience this with it goes back fifteen years, and so I know this isn't again not painting with a big brush, but um, I thought the to have traded in their little league experience when they played against each other, those really good players, and butted heads with each other, and and I mean that in a good way. They, I, I just because I, I Brooks did just a tiny little bit of travel stuff, and there were times that we'd go play, and you'd beat someone eighteen to one, or twelve to one, or whatever, and go, we didn't get anything out of that, and we drove five hours and stayed in a hotel to do that. Now you're not doing that for one game either, and most of it isn't like that. But if if because the easy answer to all this was we go to play against better competition, and it's true at, at its at its best level. At its best, these kids are getting to play against you know the best team from Denton and the best team from you know Fort Worth or whatever, and and you get real, real headbutting. But just to have given away the twenty games of little league and stuff where it is local and it is a drive across town. What's the point? Like man, how you're you're not you're not going to the major leagues because you played. You're not, and you're not getting recruited at age ten either. That has nothing to do with it. Like, you're really going to look back at that in 35 years and go, man, that 10-year-old season, man. <laughs> Did me in. <laughs> yeah. All right, Uncle Rico. More Tech Talk next. <laughs> the podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6.30. You would love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, at Double T 97.3.com. You can also access that through the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, we get this on the chat line from Robert. 80, what happened to your Astros? They lost. They lost Game Seven of uh, the ALCS they to got a whooped. Yeah, to a team from Texas. I would think that you're quite familiar with that, having uh, your <laughs> beloved Yankees doing uh, that exact same thing. Uh, what four times since uh, uh, 2015? So I think. Yeah, I think the the conversation um, is, is is was that the biggest moment in Rangers history? They've now won three pennants. Certainly looking for a. Their first title, and uh, one of the uh, it seems like the two moments that measure up right here are certainly last night, given the Astros Rangers and the you know the neighboring deal and the been in the same division for ten years or so. That's one, but probably up against the very first twenty ten ALCS win over the defending world champion Yankees uh, who had won it in 2009. The Rangers beat them to go to the series. Um, it's easy right now. And, and it may be some recency, but maybe not. You might be able to make a good compelling case for why this one is better than that one. And it may have everything to do with the, the Astros Rangers. I'll call it budding. I don't know. Maybe budding if we back away 
tent to, to this is a family program let's call it rearing <laughs> uh b-u-d-d behind behinding it's the brown eye <laughs> budding rivalry b-u-d-d-i-n-g but if we back away uh a little bit and blur our eyes but i, I uh, right now uh, th- these two teams don't like each other fan bases were you know the, the Rangers fans that have had a lot of pent-up stuff were uh, getting after it last night, pinning their ears back, getting a good wide base, and letting their uh, Astros friends have it. And uh, not much you can do, uh, you know, Astros fans. And, and, and you know, Astros fans getting their Adolis Garcia dolls and stabbing little – stabbing little uh, – So I'm not a Rangers fan, obviously. Pencils in them. I'm not, like, against the Rangers, uh, but I'm I'm just not a Rangers fan. I would think the argument for last night being kind of the biggest moment in franchise history is that it wasn't your first, right? It wasn't even your second pennant. Um, but, I mean, you, you won 68 games last year. You you won 60 the year before. Um, yeah, you know, from a winning percentage team. standpoint, yeah. your 2020 was even worse. Granted, it was COVID and you played fewer games. Um, whereas leading up to 2010 – I mean, you were above 500 the year before that. You were about 500 the, the three years leading up to that, too. Um, so it wasn't like you had just bottomed out. And to go from just the absolute bottom um, to the fall classic in a year like that, I think is, is I mean, really special. Yeah, totally agree. And I think I think we'd seen, what, six losing seasons in a row and, and uh, that it came about this quick. Uh, was probably um, surprising, and uh, you know them and the Ranger, them and the Astros and the Rangers head to head, identical records. I mean, all right. all of that was so good, uh, and then to get Game Seven out of it, um, and uh, you know the Astros, um, I, I, their their windows not closing. Maybe well, in a broader sense, I think it's sense. probably a conversation yeah. you can have. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Seven LCS, but I, I wouldn't say it's like get your fingers out of the way or they're going to get slammed. But it's getting a little like yeah, because because this time next year, the, yeah, uh, Altuve and I think it was Altuve and Bregman are the two big contracts that are up. Um, they're about to have some of those young pitchers, some of those young starting pitchers, uh, um, starting to hit our arbitration and stuff. Which that alone doesn't mean anything but it does mean that a bunch more money is going to be allocated to those guys so you know i i would think altuve is the guy that you make a lifetime contract to you know like we're we want him right. to finish his yeah. deal i i would think and and bregman may be too but somewhere in there you lose s- something has to give financially and what that is i don't i don't know but the other thing that that is is very true about where they are at this point in time is the Astros are kind of on the back half of of um, you know rankings of farm systems you know bottom half and uh, not not the very very tip bottom I'm not saying that but um, and they just traded away two of their higher ranking prospects for a 40 year old pitcher now Verlander's still good the real deal and all that but that that was an all-in move. The Rangers gave up some stuff for Scherzer too, and they're paying a lot of money for a guy. They've got a bit more in the wallet. You got in it in terms of prospects. You got it, sure. and and uh, and and Evan Carter and Josh Young. Those dudes are like babies in their major league careers. 
Uh, Evan Carter, what a story that is. I used this analogy with you last, I don't know, a week or so ago when he first started doing good things. But Evan Carter made his major league debut since the Tech-Wyoming game. You know, like, that's really – you know, like, they're they're doing post-game interviews with him. And I flipped over and watched Bally's because Emily was in there doing some stuff. And, 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 you know, like, this kid, what, six weeks – I can't say a month ago – Six weeks ago, this guy's in, in Frisco, man. He could have been playing the Amarillo or Midland team. And now he's like holding his own in the big leagues. And, uh, boy, the, he appear, it appears that the sky's the limit. And uh, I, I'm just so – I'm entertained by this. The LCS, both of them going seven games. Phillies, D-backs look like that was just going to be a boat race and sweep. And then a, and then a courtesy sweep when uh, – the D-backs got that game three kind of walk off like, okay, they got their game, you know, they're back home in Arizona. And here we are, you know, the D-backs have won through what, three of the last four. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, we got a game seven, we've got two game sevens. You found this fact last night, first time ever in the history of the Phillies organization to play in a game seven. You sent that to me. Oh, I did I? Oh, well, yeah. you responded back. We talked with, about like the best of nine. That's right. And stuff. That's right. And I knew you'd. I knew you'd like that just because these these things that are a hundred and sure. You know, because the Phillies are a kind of a legacy program. Uh, they've been around forever, but they were dismal for so long. And the the nine game, the best of nine World Series. By the way, there was just three of those. 2019, 2020, Excuse me. 1919, 1920, 1921, and none of those World Series went nine games. So, uh, yeah, but the Phillies were horrendous. They won pennants in 1915, 1950. And so uh, they were never in, in any sort of consideration. But here they are, game seven in Philly, and I'm sure that place will be rocking tonight, and it should be a lot of fun. More Tech Talk next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We are joining you today until 6.30. We'll have coverage. Game 7 of the NLCS, Philadelphia Phillies and Arizona Diamondbacks. Winner will uh, advance to play the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Over on 100.7, the score tonight at 7. We'll have the high school fan zone featuring coaches from Monterey and Lubbock High. We'd love to get your thoughts and your comments today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can access that at double-t-97.3.com. Um, somebody asks this, uh, would Josh be the first Red Raider with a World Series ring if the Rangers get her done? Uh, he would not be the first. Yeah, the um, um, wouldn't be the first to participate. Would be the second to participate. With the first, because Parker Mashinsky didn't participate last year, right? But he did Does get a ring, ring with the Astros, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> Let's see, that was uh, Josh Tomlin pitched in 10 postseason games. Was Josh Young has now passed Josh Tomlin. <laughs> you hear that? 
Can you hear that? Here, let me zoom in there. Go ahead. Why are you tearing the studio sheet, man? I'm putting it back. I was taping it. I was making it uh, secure. Sounded an awful lot like a tearing noise from back here. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, ACL, man. Like you... When you, oh, when you tear oh. your ACL and you get it reconstructed, suddenly you're way more powerful. Dang, bro. Not cool. Some people put minutes of work into that, man. Yeah. It, it looks just, just, just as new. Almost. So Josh Tomlin did play in a World Series, did pitch in a World Series 2016, lost to the Cubs. He was pitching for Cleveland. And so, yes, if Josh Young, if the fighting Texas Rangers were to win, Josh would have a a uh, World Series ring. And we got a couple of guys that coached and won World Series rings. So I wouldn't call him the first Red Raider to ever possess. But I think it's safe to say that Josh Young is the most involved of any any player. Sure. Uh, any former uh, Texas Tech player. So super excited for him. And he's he's more than held his own in this and figures to be a big part of it. How many... Uh... Like, how rare is it in Major League Baseball for a player to have participated in both a college World Series and a World Series? You know, Clint's Finnegan on your Royals there in 14 or 15. Finnegan was the guy, I can't think of his first name. There's a Kyle Finnegan or whatever. Pitched at TCU that spring, that summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Pitched in the College World Series and then pitched for Clint's Royals. Oh, in the same that year, that same October. Wow. It was a big. It was a big uh, piece of of uh, you know information because it's so unique. Because there had been some guys that had done the the college to major league thing, maybe with a, a month or two of minor league baseball, but the David Prices and some of those guys. But to have pitched in both World Series in one year, and that's a Fort Worth kid that went to TCU and then. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a there's a decent list, AD, and I, and it's a growing list every year. Brandon, there you go. Yeah, because Kyle Finnegan is currently in the big leagues, and so I, I'd get those confused. But yeah, and Brandon Finnegan, uh, he was he was legit, uh, legit good. A to have made that jump, and B to have made that jump and pitched in such high leverage for a World Series team. And you you were, do you remember? Does that ring a bell with you, Clint? Yeah, I was just I couldn't think yeah, of his first name. Sure, no, that that's yeah, I can't either because like I said, I get him and Kyle, I get the names mixed up. But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I didn't think it was some exclusive. No, club, no, no. surely. I, I bet you there. I mean, if I had to guess, I bet you there's probably at least one player in every team. That, oh, you know, in, yeah. in these World Series, these mm-hmm. last few, yeah. Oh, certainly, and and you know, I bet you if we were making a full long list of it, there's probably fifty of those guys that have done that over the years, maybe even more, fifty to a hundred, but. Pretty cool. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Gus, did you have one of those apple slicers when they first came out? I did. Well, I don't I don't know when they first came out, but the one we've got at the house we've had for a while. History of apple slicers. Because <laughs> that commercial sounds like it's from 1962. Uh, it, it was in black and white when I found it. <laughs> yeah, that so you, that'll date it. I mean, we're sitting here watching this Adam 12 episode, and that's... It's a shot in Technicolor. David Harvey Goodell, a New Hampshire native with a knack for invention, recognized the need for a more efficient 
Apple preparation tool. And I like so in it. 1864, he oh. invented the first mechanical apple peeler. Wow. How about that? Yeah, or so. Do like that slicer because I do like a sliced apple. It's a lot more convenient. The late 1800s and early 1900s also saw the invention of the first plastic apple slicer. Really? How about that? Did you say 1900s? Early, sorry, the wow. late 1800s and early okay. 1900s. Yeah. Um, let's see. The most notable among those was a patent granted to Albert J. Rice, January 1881. Um, Rice's model featured spirally arranged uh, slicing blades and curved rotary fingers, allowing for more efficient slicing and coring of the apple. See, I would, uh, I would think that the apple slicer that you advertise in that uh, in that commercial, I believe, is the one that you know, just a sure. the apple square, just push it down and it it cores it. That's the key because it cores it. You know, it's got the little core that's left behind, and then eight nice and uh this nice the chat and juicy line. uh apple slices that was like pulling teeth to get that answer on first world series ring as players lol you dudes make my afternoons here <laughs> in austin texas it's a three-hour show man yeah it is and and uh i wanted to because i had a couple of people text me last night and so it was the kind of thing that i could as that game really wasn't as compelling as you know, near the end of it, we had I had some time because by then soccer no, was it not? I was just watching yeah, soccer. That's then I was right. Yeah. But by, by the time by then the my my attention was all of that game and it was a seven run game and so I did look through the list of former tech big leaguers and I didn't see any of them that had you know that that I would include on that list. <laughs> These two are at loggerheads. I'm telling <laughs> you, Clint and Aaron. This has been the Tech Talk podcast. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.